Clovercrest Media presents All Four Downs. Got a great show for you today. There's so much going on in the world of college football. The big story, of course, Big Ten College Football is back. The conference presidents and chancellors got together. Uh, they'll restart their season coming up on October 24th this weekend. They got some really great news as far as uh, medical information and a good testing program they feel really good about. Now, in wake of the Big Ten news, everyone's wondering where the Pac-12 is. They're waiting for government restrictions to be lifted in both California and Oregon before they can come up with their return-to-play plan. After COVID-19 caused a delay for both Baylor and Houston, first-year Baylor coach Dave Aranda and second-year Houston head coach Dana Holgerson, former buddies, uh, they knew each other back on Mike Leach's staff at Texas A&M. These two got together. They chatted and they put this game together. So the former Southwest Conference rivals, Baylor and Houston meet for the first time since 1995. We'll talk about that and so much more. LSU's head coach Ed Orgarion says most of his players have caught the coronavirus. He does say he expects to see even more tests. Meanwhile, the Florida Gators athletic program has 61 new positive COVID tests, six with the football program just a week before its season opener with Ole Miss. Florida Atlantic is still hoping to play despite a coronavirus outbreak on that football team. Uh, some other quick news, Michigan Wolverines quarterback Dylan McCaffrey is opting out for the season. And according to ESPN, he will be seeking a transfer. At this point, let's bring in the entire crew, all four downs, so we can get into down number one. Big J, Sean, and Ovi, guys, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Man, it's great that college football is back. We had a great opening week. ton of really great games here uh, coming up in week two. Really cool stuff there with Houston and Baylor. Kind of cool that they were able to get that together. Uh, Jace, just before we went on, I know you said there was a – Another situation that nearly developed like that, but they couldn't make the logistics work. What was that one? Yeah, so uh, the most recent game to get postponed was uh, Arkansas State and uh, Central Arkansas. Uh, that was that just got postponed. And also earlier last week, uh, BYU and Army got postponed because BYU got had uh, eight cases of positive testing. And as soon as that news with Arkansas State and uh, Central Arkansas came out. Uh, Army's uh, athletic staff, uh, athletic director, director was on the phone with our, uh, Central Arkansas, asking them if they could get a game in this Saturday. Too bad th- at West Point, and uh, th- they couldn't get it done because of logistically how uh, the the travel and then also the uh, late notice, which stinks. So really exciting. Obviously, the Big Ten is back, planning on starting, uh, restarting rather on October 24th, which of course lends to the question about the Pac-12. Um, the Pac-12, I think, if not for the fires and the smoke situation, uh, you know, in in the greater Seattle area, might have already announced that they were back, Sean. I think really it's just that, just one more setback to the weird 2020 season that we're living through. That's for sure. Um, yeah, all of, you know, California, pretty much all the Pacific Northwest is, you know, going through the tough time with the forest fires. Um, doesn't help that the, you know, the COVID situation is going on. So um, ultimately, you would love to see the Pac-12 back, especially with uh, Big Ten announcing that they're back. You would love to see all the Power Five conferences um, uh, 
be able to get it done this fall so we can have a somewhat of a normal season, get a, a normal college football playoff. But um, we're just going to have to wait and see with the Pac-12. Um, but, yeah, it, it was great news to hear that the, the Big Ten will be back um, in October. And um, I'm just looking forward to, to the college football season get uh, really getting going uh, in the next couple of weeks. It's literally like let the kids play. Uh, Ovi, you know, Justin Fields apparently was really instrumental. I know he started a petition. He was really vocal about things. And uh, their athletic director today said, you know, he's a big part of the reason why Big Ten football is back, or at least will be back uh, in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. And uh, I know many people were uh, not so fond of him reacting the way he did because he didn't really give too much explanation as to why they, they wanted football back. He just wanted to play, but, you know, everything has to be legit. But protection of the players is important. They're students. They're not professional players. So I'm glad that, you know, this season is about to start, and kudos to him and everybody else that's supporting him. We have Big Ten. But, Joe, do you, I, and I got a feeling – that I think other things had to happen. You know, we got college football started two weeks ago. You know, the AP top 25 polls came out without Big Ten and Pac-12 compared to the list of the preseason. Do you think that maybe that was more of a motivation to get this league started? It's funny that you say that. Yeah, I actually kind of do. You know, I, I think when, when you're, uh, you know, Ohio State and you see that, and, and you wonder, what does that mean for your program? You know, and, and if, if they started later or the talk about spring football, you know, it's not like you're going to wait and crown a champ, you know, when the Easter Bunny rolls up. So it, it was going to be really weird. My thought from the beginning was, you know, all or nothing. And instead we got three out of five and now we're at four out of five. And, you know, it, it, but I, I wonder in, in, in how much of this is bad news? for you know some of the uh some of the other conferences that you know maybe for the first time literally would have had a shot to you know crack into the top 25 or or you know get a little more attention on that program you know without without having the big 10 of the pac 12 going on so it, while it's great for college football as a whole i do think that it, it certainly uh hurts some of the smaller conferences i i don't necessarily agree with that joe because these guys are playing their own conference, so there's going to be some sort of like cannibalization. And if a team like in the, in the Sun Belt, like we'll mention earlier uh, later, if a team like that can put together some good wins, stay undefeated, who knows? They might find themselves up there with these teams because they're losing. Because each conference is eating itself alive. So I could see something like that where we might be looking at another team like an Appalachian State might even have some say in possibly without a Power 5 team, might have some say going into the college football uh, playoff selection committee. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Sorry. I think it's more exposure to these colleges that we don't get to see on television every week or so. Now they, they got the spotlight, and they're making things happen. And that's something that we're going to talk about next with the Sunbelt, you mentioned Sunbelt Conference going against the Big 12 th uh, this past weekend. And, Joe, let me tell you, there were some upsets. Well, yeah. you know, look, again, I, I think we're at a point 
in in college sports where you know I think more so in basketball, but I think it's it's getting to the point in football and and it's maybe a little bit different because there are so many spots, but the difference between the number one football team in the country and the 119th teams that they're 119 or 117, whatever that number is. Something around there. There used to be a huge difference. You know, you take the top 25 and the second 25, and it would be like, you know, a, a different level of football. And and I don't know that that's really the case as much anymore. You know, I, I think I think college football as a whole has gotten more competitive. And I do think some of these smaller conferences, if given the opportunity, uh, you know, it's like watching an Ivy League basketball team, you know, take on, a, you know, a, an ACC team. And you're like, well, this will be a slaughter, you know, unless you play good fundamentals. Uh, you know what I mean? And and I think I think increasingly when you when you look at the technology out there, you look at the uh, uh, the facilities that all of these schools have. You know, there's no reason why all of these schools can't be competitive and and not get blown right off the off the map in in all of these games. Obviously, the other situation you run into for these smaller teams, especially in the opening weeks of of a typical college football season, where you know these these no name teams go to literally the belly of the beast you know what i mean um i think the last place you want to be is like at the big house and you know in front of a hundred thousand people you, you you know if you could get a game like that at home you know that would be something that would be something different and and certainly would be much more to the team's benefit as opposed to just you know making some decent cash on the transaction so i don't know i mean look i these guys can play. I, I also think that that a lot can be said for, uh, you know, having the right kind of offense. Some offenses just match up better against certain teams' defenses. And, and when you find yourself in that situation, you know, look, you can call it an upset, but some of these, some of these teams just got outplayed. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And uh, I'm going to come at you a little bit here, Joe. Yeah, I I think the gap is getting smaller and smaller between the best and the worst team, but we have we haven't seen some of the best teams play. Yes, we saw Clemson. Clemson's good and all, but the SEC is starting to play next week, and then that's where we're gonna get to see good games, good teams, solid teams. They eat up all the recruits all over the whole entire country, so we'll see that. And then now with the big. T- 10 coming back, those are just as good players. So I think, yeah, right now, while we have the Big 12 versus the Sun Belt or the ACC in the Sun Belt or whatever, what we have now is the gap pretty can be close, but then the SEC, Big 10 are way up here. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I uh, To me, you know, look, I, I think in, you know, when I grew up, these games were all like 77 nothing. I mean, it, it was a joke. I remember watching a game uh, in 1999 where Michigan scored 42 points in the first quarter. And, I mean, you know, that's if you're a Michigan fan, that's fun for like the first quarter. It, it's not so fun for the other side, you know, and, and I feel like you're seeing less of that 
you know, and it's it's not like coaches are any less likely to run up a score. That's certainly not the case. So I I think there's just a, a more competitive balance. I think, look, I, you know, when a team's going to get blown out on any given day and nothing's going right, anybody can get blown out. I mean, I think that's that's it. Well, I shouldn't say that Clemson's not getting blown out. But, you know, look, m- most teams, if you don't play well, you don't practice right, you can go out there and, and, and get slapped around and, and things can get out of hand in a hurry. Of you course, know, it's it, like it, Navy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you want to try to give credit to somebody else. But, hey, that's another story. <laughs> How is he gonna still hate this much on BYU? I, I I don't understand that at all. He's just waiting for the army game. He's just waiting for um, it. It was postponed. He, he can ride this high horse for a little bit longer, but once that game comes, oh uh, boy, oh boy. Oh I'll boy. I'll be ready. Oh and so will you. Trust me. Trust me. But hey, hey, Joe, next week mm-hmm. also is the SEC. They start next week. Uh we're gonna get better football because SEC is the best conference of all college football. I, maybe other people will debate, but, you know, let's be real. They're always there, always competing for the national championship all the time. I'm going to pick right now that I think Alabama and Georgia are the, the top two teams that are going to be in the SEC championship. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if the, that's the way it's been, you know, except for last year, of course, with LSU's big year. But Alabama and Georgia are the two powerhouses. Um, you know, Georgia had a lot of players coming back. Uh, obviously, strong recruiting there. Uh, same with Alabama. So I think those are two favorites. But um, I, there are some sleeper teams, obviously. Like uh, Florida's going to have a good year. LSU, even without Burrow, um, I think they're still going to be pretty good. And then you always have Auburn, too. So. I'm excited to get the SEC back. Um, it's it's definitely going to be – they're going to be playing at a high level next week, and um, I'm very excited. Sean, Florida is not a sleeper team. Florida is a competitive team. They're the, they – I'm debating between them and Georgia right now, but I think a real sleeper team to watch out for is Texas A&M. Uh, they had a lot of Thank hype you. going in last year, um, and every key component they have besides their, their defensive tackle – is coming back this year. So I think that's going to be a real sleeper team. I expect some upsets to come from Texas A&M. But uh, Alabama, obviously the favorite right now. And I think right now on that other side in the East, it's it's a fight between Georgia and Florida. And I'm, I'm interested to see the world's largest cocktail party, see what happens from that. Well, as I mentioned off the top of the show, LSU uh, is dealing with uh, some serious COVID cases Amongst the football team, uh, Ed Agrarian said, uh, everybody, well, not everybody, but almost everybody on my team has COVID and he expects more will test positive. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there with LSU. I also mentioned six members of the sleeper slash not sleeper Florida Gators. So again, we don't know which players uh, are, are have contacted COVID, but this will have an impact. And and again, I would just caution anybody that throughout the season, no matter what happens, you are going to have cases of COVID. They are going to creep up. They are going to happen. And you're just going to cross your fingers that it's not a team starting quarterback or starting middle linebacker, because, you know, this is going to be one of those seasons where, you know, injuries certainly play a big role in in deciding who championships uh, end up going to, this could be one of those seasons where, you know, COVID could definitely still wreak its head 
And even if there's not like a mass outbreak, if the wrong guy gets it, some of these teams could be in real trouble. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see which teams have have the best depth. And I think that's where you're going to find teams like Alabama and Georgia are going to be A-OK because I think when when you're looking at your, your regular injuries, you throw some COVID cases in there, I think some of these deeper, better programs are definitely going to end up having better seasons. And it's going to sort of separate uh, again, I think the top tier teams from from the B teams. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, I think if there's any team in the SEC that has plenty of backup, is Alabama. So we'll have to wait and see there. Yeah, for sure. But hey, big upset this weekend, Joe. Louisiana defeating Iowa State 31 to 14. I mean, whoever saw that coming? Did any of us have that last week in our predictions? Absolutely we, not. We didn't pick that game. But if it was for the spread, I would have gone Louisiana. I, I, I'll tell you that right now. Because Louisiana has been, competed in the Sun Belt. They've been a pretty dominant force. They, they struggle against App State. But, <laughs> no, they're, they're a good team. Now, I didn't hear you say anything like that last week, man. We, <laughs> we, didn't, pick this game. we didn't talk about this game. Damn we did right we did it. And you didn't so, say nothing. I don't want to hear Yeah. Go ahead. Keep riding. He's like, listen, he's like OJ over there. He's like, I didn't say it, but if I did, here's what I would have said. That's yeah. great, Jace. Yeah. But it, it just makes sense that this happened. Like, what, what other Power 5 school would this happen to? I, I, I know everyone likes to crap on the Pac-12 uh, and say they are the lesser of the five schools, but this does not happen in the Pac-12. Stuff like this happens all the time in the Big 12. They don't play defense and they get hurt. Now the uh, other one, uh, the other big upset that we're going to talk about, that one was a little closer. And yeah, okay, it was a good game, but Iowa State for real, dude. Like this was going to be your year, and nah, they they just got dumped on. You know, it's okay. funny. Uh, to, for me, the, the, the Kansas State upset was um, enjoyable. I feel like Kansas State, and, and, and it's a team that I've been um, I've been a fan of Kansas State on and off since since the uh, since the mid nineties. Don't ask me why. It's just a team I've always sort of been interested in. But this seemed like the perfect trap game for them to lose at home to an Arkansas State team. Not a good look for the Big Twelve. Uh, right off the bat. So again, this is what I'm talking about when I say I, I think when you look at, at at some of these other conferences, I I guess more or less like you know it used to be like the top two or three teams in say the SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12 will will outclass the lower rung teams in the bad divisions. I just feel like. Uh, you know, the number one team in the Sun Belt could probably handle the number three or four team in the SEC. I think back 20 years ago, I don't think that would have been the case. I think I think the top eight or nine teams in the SEC would have destroyed any one of these other teams. And, and that's what I'm saying. I just think you're seeing a different brand of football, especially when you consider, you know, you, you, the game is fundamentally changed to a throwing to a throwing sport. And, and back when it was my 
five uh, uh, offensive linemen and four of them are probably going first round or, or first two rounds of the NFL draft, you have zero chance in that game. We're just going to push you around, right? Our defense has a, a linebacker who's going to be a top 10 pick. When, when, back in the day, those teams did not have a chance. You were not going to get just outclassed, but completely outmuscled and outtalented. And now I think there's enough talent around the nation. And with the way the game is played, that, that these teams, again, at least match up a little bit better, where you're not seeing 77 nothing games, at least as, as often as you did back in the 80s and, and even into the 90s. That's what I'm saying. All right. I guess, or you could just say that, you know, because of this season, we're not going to see that many blowouts. And if you do, it, it, there's there's going to be a reason behind it. It's always about the preparation. And that's all we could talk about, you know, for this here. But uh, let's, do, let's give respect to some belt they've represented. And then it leads me to this. If it comes down to the committee at the end of the season, do we consider Sunbelt as one of the teams, if if one of them finished undefeated, one of the teams to represent their conference in the playoffs? Uh, I mean, it, yeah, it depends. It depends who they be. If you know, if they're going to have those crossover games of the Big Twelve, if they could knock off a couple of those, um, because, I, I, because look, you got Texas that's hot right now. You got Oklahoma. Oklahoma is, is predicted to be number one. But what happens if they fall to Kansas State or or they fall to um, Iowa State or something like that? Then what happens then? Does the Big 12 actually represent in the playoffs or are they going to stack Big 10 and SEC or ACC? Yeah, I think I think they would stack. But yeah, go ahead. Ovi, you you saw you were witness last year where I was hard on the Pac-12 and, and they, they don't get any respect. So what makes you think that the Sun Belt is going to come in and with one cool win, two cool wins, one week, one week <laughs> oh, they're going to get because, because Utah was going to get in the top four, but they lost to Oregon in the championship. Am I right? Yeah. So they blew everything away. You still had Oklahoma going you still had Oklahoma going in over Utah. Utah but, was going to go ahead of Oklahoma. Hey, we'll let the past go into the past. You just well, said that's the past. The, G-Men, the Titans, that was the past. Let's let the past go into the past. But, no, these two wins aren't going to dictate anything. The only the one team that will go undefeated is, Al, is Appalachian State in that conference, and they might get some respect due to the fact that they have been uh, very strong for multiple years now. The only way, like, if Louis say Louisiana goes un, uh, undefeated, I don't think this one win is strong enough to get them into the college football playoff. Look, it's going to be a domino yeah. effect at the end. When they start comparing resumes and stuff like that, Big 12 right now, if I was Oklahoma, you have to finish undefeated. One loss is not going to take them to the playoffs just because of this week. That, and, and that's serious. That's how they've been doing it every single year. To Texas, I'm sorry. What if that one loss was to Texas? It doesn't matter. It's just the level. The conference is already tainted. They have to finish undefeated right now. They have to. I don't know about that. I, yeah. No. I, they, they've snuck in with one loss before, even even if they felt that they weren't qualified. They'll I feel be like in the bubble. They'll probably be considered five or six, and depending on what happens in the conference championships, but. I'm telling you right now, one loss, 
I'm telling you now, because of what happened this weekend, it's going to affect the Big 12 overall. I agree with Ovi. You know, I, I, I think, you know, it's still possible you could slip in, but this wouldn't be the year where I would take chances uh, trying to slip in with a loss. Yeah, I, I agree. I just don't think even if the Sun Belt has a team that goes undefeated and has, you know, a couple big wins, I, I still see them stacking, you know, two SEC teams in there just, you know, obviously for ratings. And then we saw it with UCF a couple of years ago when they went undefeated. Obviously, they were saying they were the national champions. But I think even with the Pac-12 gone, it, it's still going to be a similar. Uh, we're not going to get any of the non-Power 5s into the playoffs, even if they have a, a great resume. The only non-Power 5 that, that will get in, it, it would be Notre Dame, but that doesn't really count because they're ACC this year. Yeah, Right. Listen, yeah. every year you have a combination of Appalachian State and Louisiana. They flirt themselves in the polls, and then they get themselves dropped off for some odd reason. They, that conference never gotten that respect. And I think this is the year, because of the situation right now, that they could – I'm not saying that they're all going to finish undefeated. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that they're going to go in automatic. But they have a stronger case this year to make it to the playoffs. It's uh, fun yeah. to talk about right now. It really is fun to talk about and imagine how that's going to go. But it seems like we always have these conversations and one of these teams gets out to like an 8-9-0, 10-0 start. And then they lose that trap game. And the conversation's pretty much over. It's probably what will happen again this year. Again, I think this is a year with such uncertainty that I think there's going to be a lot more upsets than you're used to. Again, I think especially when there's going to be COVID cases and you're going to see star players miss games with COVID, uh, it, it would be practically impossible to avoid that scenario. And, and again, I mean, think about if, if Travis uh, Lawrence misses a game, what, what kind of impact would that have on a Clemson game? You know, so so th there there's certainly the possibility that again we can dream all these wonderful scenarios and and see what happens by the end of the season. And here's the thing: it, it's the probably the worst feeling in the world is to finish a season undefeated and not get a trophy for it. Like that <laughs> is not how it's supposed to go. And Absolutely I don't not. care what your level of competition is or how many points you won by, I mean, you got to be a really special team to go undefeated anywhere. And right. again, I don't care who you're playing. I mean, when you consider all the factors involved in an undefeated season, all the possibilities, all the adversity you'd have to go through to achieve perfection, to not be given a trophy because, you know, you're, 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 the, the teams that you beat on aren't good enough. I mean, I, I I'll never I'll never feel right about that. There's certainly things that college football could do to more weight and balance uh, the the entire organization as a whole, but they would never do that because it's unfortunately seriously just a big money game. And 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 these kids are just you know they're they're chess pieces, and it's uh, it's unfortunate because there's so many great programs out there, and there's so many good coaches out there that. You know, a, a lot of them, I mean, literally from day one, you know, here's the thing. You look at the NFL, every single team on opening day, even the stupid Giants have delusions of Super Bowl grandeur, right? I mean, nobody starts game one and thinks like, we're not going undefeated, right? You lose your first game and you're like, all right, 15 and one. Uh, and then you're the Giants. By the end of the year, you're like, four and 12, we'll get there. But 
Um, all right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You heard you heard it's unfortunate right that you know there's legitimately like 15 teams that could seriously be cons- that could even that could even dream of winning a national championship. And more than likely, you're talking it's about four or five teams, and it's unlikely any one of those four or five aren't gonna win the national championship. I hate Ohio State. I hate Ohio State, not because I don't love and respect Ohio State. It's because of the, I don't want to say anything too disgusting here, but but the way that um, the voters, I mean, just anything they can they can do to accommodate Ohio State into the top five, at at anyone else's expense, is is mind blowing. It, it really is, and and. Again, it, it, it sucks to start your season and think, hey, we could win every single game. And we we might we might be lucky if they finish us ranked 10th or 12th, 8th, maybe 7th if we're lucky. Well, the, that has a lot to do with level of competition. I do want to backtrack a little. The, the, they do get a trophy. They get their conference championship trophy, and they get a trophy in the bowl game they win. But when you're talking about the best in the nation – they don't deserve to be in that conversation because the the losses that these teams have are to good teams. These these teams are playing bottom of the barrel teams, winning. So I don't think realistically. And then you look at the times that a UCF they go undefeated, then they they get that one actual good bowl matchup against LSU and get whooped. So it, there is a completely drastic level of play yeah it's cool a it's great cool. great lsu team that's the example you're gonna use not a great great lsu on. that was not a good lsu that, team. that was yeah, a garbage lsu team yeah that's why they, they were in the the, the they, they didn't play ucf did not play joe burrow and last year with that explosive offense they played the the run the football Leonard Fournette sitting out LSU team. Sitting out so we go to the draft. When you reach that level. That was a good football team. And that was a football team that would certainly could out-muscle. Uh, 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 I mean, come on. That, that, that's that's like one anecdotal. Give me a break. I don't like it. I don't like it's, it at all. That's the only, that's the only undefeated non-Power 5 to even sniff. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what's not what's not pretty right now that it might change in a couple of weeks. And it's this this uh poll that we got here, which is AP top twenty-five and coaches poll. They pretty much got evenly the same. Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, with the Big Ten coming back in the picture on the weekend of October twenty-third and twenty-fourth. We're gonna see a big change. Maybe Ohio State jump in the top five here. Uh, but moving on, you may not like my 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 own top twenty five right now. But like always, I'm usually almost right by the end of the season. I oh, do you got, got a Clemson. typo on here. I do. Where's where's number twenty two? Number twenty two. BYU. That's not a typo. Oh, it's no. not. It's oh, not no. a typo. Oh, that you just that you showed some respect to BYU. But, <laughs> wow. Let's no go back. Where's BYU? Twenty two and twenty one. And, and and just just where it is BYU number so, seven Georgia Tech what the 
Are you smoking, Ov? Because I want see? a little bit. Well, what? I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you like this. And Jace, I told you that <laughs> even last year at the hard hit in college football podcast is that you got to trust the system. We don't have the Pac-12. We don't have the Big Ten as of yet. Okay, the games are changed now. Everything's within the conference. So you got to give respect to what you see here. All right. And of course, the things are going to change. But hey, this is this is my first top 25. All right. You got to number seven. George. Trust the process, baby. Trust the process. You got them over North Carolina. Oh, my God. And Notre Dame. And Florida. Auburn. You're damn A-M. right, baby. be at 11. Jeez, yes. absolutely, absolutely. And don't hate the game, man. Don't hate the process. Go ahead, no, Joe. Hate what you the got player. to say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? what in God's good name have you done here? <laughs> because this is this is the COVID bracket here, okay? COVID got this. <laughs> but anyways, let's move right along. Hey, last week we had the standings. We had our first picks. Uh, congratulations to Sean. Uh, up one game, seven six. Uh, Jason Joe are tied six to seven. And I, you know, I got that week, the first week of picks jitters. But that's all right. I'm about to bounce back real quick. Like I got to be honest. Do. I got to be honest. I'm surprised mm-hmm. you got four right. Yeah, I, oh. I'm just surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised we got football in here. Okay, so let's not go there. But, to be hey. fair, anybody who didn't watch last week's show, uh, Ovi definitely uh, was was uh, very daring in his picks. And obviously, <laughs> it didn't pan out. But kudos to you for having the guts to go out there and, and make some bold predictions. Yeah, I mean, even my brother who's watch, who's listening in saying I'm disrespecting these colleges. Hey, <laughs> I didn't disrespect them. The virus did. So I'm telling you, at the end, at the end, at the end of the season, you'll you'll understand why I do what I do. But uh, hey, let's 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 get to some picks real quick. The first one is Tulsa versus Oklahoma State. We'll start with Big Jays, Joe, and Sean. Uh, this one's easy. Uh, Oklahoma State. They have a, a solid returning quarterback in Spencer Spears. They obviously got a, a Heisman level running back in Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Tylen Wallace, solid wide receiver. Oklahoma State's going to be a force to be reckoned with this year in the Big Twelve. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like this uh, this one doesn't require a whole ton of thought. I think Oklahoma State um, <laughs> probably, probably, uh, m- maybe they even have one of those seventy-seven nothing games I was talking about. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely see a, a victory here for uh, OK. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree with you guys. Oklahoma State's offense is uh, really good. One of the best in the Big 12. They're they're going to be explosive right out the gate. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take them in and the points to win this one. Well, there's no points. This is straight up. Oh, uh, yeah. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State is going to make it eight in a row. They will defeat Tulsa. We'll move over to the, the next game, Austin P versus Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati's gonna pee all over Austin. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. Listen, uh, Cincinnati's got 16 starters coming back from uh, a pretty good year last year. So uh, I I think uh, that's that's one you might want to throw some money on this week if you can take Cincy. 
Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with the Bearcats on this one. I think this is a pretty easy one. That, uh, yeah, me too. Cincinnati all the way. We have Charlotte versus North Carolina. Dude, Sam Howell looked great. Uh, North Carolina looked great. Uh, I think they keep it rolling. I know Charlotte was able to uh, cover the spread last week against uh, App State. That was the one I got and y'all got wrong. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think North Carolina is going to roll over Charlotte and show why the, the Sun Belt isn't too, too good. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, boy, here we go. Oh well, I'll tell you. Listen, uh, you know Charlotte. Charlotte got close with Appalachian State. They actually went into the fourth quarter trailing twenty-one twenty. I mean, why not? You know, I don't think North Carolina is that good. I told you guys last week, Syracuse sucked. You didn't believe me, and I think I, a lot I of people. I think a lot of people. Yes, thanks, Sean. I think a lot of people. Um, sort of bought into North Carolina's hype when, in fact, Syracuse just isn't that good. I'm going to pick North Carolina, but it's going to be – it's going to come down to the wire with Charlotte. I Yeah, I'd have to agree with both statements. I, I think both Cuse isn't good, but I also think that North Carolina is a pretty good, damn good team. Uh, Mac Brown is building something special there, I think. Uh, he really wants to contend in the ACC after seeing Clemson just dominate for the past, you know, four to five years, so – uh, I think North Carolina comes out hot in this one. Uh, I think Charlotte will contend in the first half, but North Carolina pulls away in the second half. Yeah, North Carolina is going to run away with this game. Uh, Charlotte's going to go in there. You got you thinking that they're going to do something, but they're just going to go in and treat it like a, a practice for North Carolina. Carolina will defeat them. Uh, UCF at Georgia Tech. Oh, you're number seven ranked Georgia Tech. Uh, <laughs> UCF has a bunch of returning starters. Uh, they're going to get the win here. Georgia Tech, I, it's, I don't know why the heck you put them at number seven. That's ridiculous. Well, let's stick to the to the stats here. Okay, uh, UCF's going to demolish them. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, UCF's won 36 of the last 40. They've won five straight openers, but they have never beaten the Yellow Jackets. And I think they're going to – I think they're going to be upset here. I think uh, we're taking tech. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm gonna. Uh, sorry, Jace. I gotta go with Joe and Ovi. I. I just have a weird feeling. Well, I don't. I don't think Georgia Tech is the seventh best team in the country. Maybe thirty uh, seventh. But uh, I. I think they could pull. Out, <laughs> I think they could, yeah. I think they could pull out the upset here. I'll, I'll go with Tech. Yellow Jackets, baby. Citadel versus Clemson. I don't even know why I put this game there, but it is what it is. Clemson, number one team in the country. Citadel, number 100th team in the country. Do the math. Hmm. Yeah, you know, look, Clemson sort of underperformed against Wake Forest. Uh, they are 34-0 all-time against football championship subdivision teams, but I don't know, man. There's just something about Citadel that's making me, you know, I'm just playing, of course, Clemson. Uh, <laughs> Clemson easily in this one. Come on. Yeah, I got to uh, go with the Tigers on this one. Big big one for Clemson. Right. I got Clemson as well. Hey, BYU Army was supposed to play this weekend, but due to the COVID-19 case that's happening in BYU, the game is – being postponed. The date is not set at this moment, but once we do, we're definitely going to provide it with you on hswshow.com. 
CloverCrestMedia.com, and also follow us on Facebook so you hear the latest college uh, football news. But moving on to uh, Boston College at Duke. Uh, Duke looked impressive uh, last week, even though they suffered a loss. Um, but going against Boston College, Duke is favored negative 5.5. Uh, yeah, I, I like Duke here with the spread. Uh, they'll get it done. I love, I like that Chase Price kid. Uh, when, once he starts getting going, I think he'll, he'll do good. Uh, Boston College last year was a joke. They had one of the best, they had a solid running back and they couldn't get anything done. Uh, Duke should get this win pretty easily. I don't think Boston College can compete with really any ACC team, maybe Georgia Tech. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a it's a bummer. Boston College uh, just doesn't just doesn't really have uh, the quarterback situation settled, and that's not good, especially uh, against a team like Duke. So, I'll say Duke gets themselves in the win column this week. Yeah, Joe mentioned the the QB problems, and then obviously AJ Dillon, their best player, leaving. But um, I'll, I'll take Duke with the points there. Even I think it will be uh, closer than. What some would think that I think it would be around like a, a field or not a touchdown or 10 points, I would say. So I'll, I'll take Duke with the points, but I think it will be a closer game than some would expect. You guys are going to be surprised that since 2010, they've been playing close games and they play like every four years or so. Uh, their last game was October 3rd, 2015, but five and Duke won nine to seven. Uh, previous to that, they, they defeated them 20 to 19. So I don't know, man. I, if Duke wins, it's going to be a close one. But uh, with the points, I'm going with Boston College here, especially that this is their first game. So mm -hmm. moving on to Houston and Baylor. Houston was supposed to play Memphis. That game was canceled. Uh, so in substitution, we got Houston at Baylor. So Baylor at negative four. Um, if Houston still had De'Ara King, I might pick them. But uh, Baylor also lost some key uh, key players from their last last year's team. They would they were really good last year. Almost got into the college football playoff, but uh, too many key losses. But shout out to our boy Hector Vasquez on uh, HHW show. I'm going with Baylor to cover the spread. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this matchup. This is really cool. These teams haven't seen each other in a really long time. And, uh, man, you know, with the four points, I almost want to say I feel like it's going to be a three-point Baylor win. So do I – I don't know what to do here. Uh, I'll take Baylor. I'll take Baylor given. That's fine. That's mm -hmm. tough. It is tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Houston uh, with this one. I, I think that I think that they have a chance to win outright. Um, I think they'll definitely get under the four points. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I, I like Dana Holgerson. I, I think he's a good coach. And um, I, I think that, you know, he's trying to get Houston going and in, in the American Conference there, um, trying to contend, you know, with the likes of UCF and Memphis, some of the better teams. So, and obviously we mentioned Baylor has lost a lot. Uh, in the, the off season, it's kind of a weird off season with the new coaching staff and getting everything back together. So I could, I could see a uh, Houston either winning outright or winning by maybe a field goal. I'm with you, man. I'm going for Houston in this game. I think it, it, either it's a close one or it doesn't matter, but uh, the, the Cougars are going to make it happen. 
and lead on to Appalachian State versus Marshall. I think this game is going to be an awesome game. This is a, a straight up. So who you got, Jace? Uh, this one's tough. I do agree with you. It's going to be an awesome game. Uh, I like that you made this straight up because I, I don't know what the spread is, but I might I might struggle with this. Uh, just to, just due to the success, uh, the continued success of App State, I think they're going to get it done, and uh, App State's going to take the dub here. Freshman quarterback Grant Wells threw for 307 yards and four touchdowns. I told you guys I watched some of the Marshall game where they beat Eastern Kentucky's brains in, and I know it's it's fun to think about where the 23rd-ranked Appalachian State team would be if they finish undefeated. I think, unfortunately, they're going to get this early loss hung on them, and we can cut that baloney conversation out right now. Um, I'm taking Marshall – in a close game here in the upset and they end Appalachian state's dreams and all this nonsensical talk about these small conferences ever getting any kind of love. Yeah. Um, I think this is a great, a great game. We're getting out of the Sun Belt. Um, probably the two best teams in the conference, but, uh, I, I think app state's going to come out and win. um, I see him probably winning by a touchdown. I think it'll be a close game, but I, I think app state, uh, gets it done against Marshall. All right, I want to say a big shout-out to Jose Adorno, my big brother. Thank you for supporting us. And my battle buddy, Dennis Carnes. We go way back from serving in the military. Thank you for supporting our All Four Downs podcast. And my vote here, I'm going to I'm gonna be different here. I'm going to go with Marshall on this one. They're, a win this weekend will make it three in a row. The last time they met was in 2002. They won 50-17. to 17. Prior to that, they won 24 to 10. Um, I think they'll, they'll keep it up. I think they, they played impressive, even though it looked like a scrimmage game. But uh, coming back, I think uh, being at Marshall and my boy Bailey, he's over there as uh, as an instructor over there in Marshall. So I'll give it up to him. Marshall wins. Uh, moving on to the next game, we got a, a great competition here. South Florida versus Notre Dame. I understand that the spread is 26. And I'd say it's a great competition, but uh, do you think the spread is too much or too little? Uh, I think this is about right. Notre Dame looks solid. Uh, the, the, their first game, uh, I, I think they they go even more pedal to the metal, and they're gonna blow South Florida out of the water. Notre Dame's a force to be reckoned with this year. I definitely think Notre Dame easily wins this football game, but I'm going to take the 26. I think it's going to be something like a 31-14 kind of a game where Notre Dame will be beating their brains in but won't necessarily be punching it into the end zone all afternoon. And so I think South Florida can cover uh, that 26. I think the, the I'll take the 26. I don't think Notre Dame's going to cover. And I know Notre Dame is good. That's not a knock on Notre Dame. I just feel like this is one of those games where – it might be so out of hand early that they just start, uh, you know, sitting guys and they don't quite run up to score enough. I, yeah, I kind of agree with Joe. Uh, that's kind of what I was going to say. I think that I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take the points with this one. I think that Notre Dame will go up big. Um, I think they'll even probably be up, you know, 28 to nothing, something like that early. Um, and I, I could see them kind of pressing off the gas by the end of the game, you know, letting South Florida get one, uh, one score in there. So, I'll, I'll take a uh, South Florida with the points, even though I think Notre Dame will will wash them early on in the first half. 
Well, South Florida and Notre Dame, they have only one game history, and that was at South Bend. And South Florida actually won the game 23-20. to 20. Uh, But uh, in this scenario right here, I'll take South Florida with the 26 points, regardless who wins or loses. Uh, I think it'll be a closer game. And then lastly, we got Miami Hurricanes going at Louisville. And surprisingly, Louisville is favorite negative two and a half. Uh, I, I think that's just for it being a home game. Uh, Miami, uh, they didn't play the best. I don't think they played to their full potential last week. But uh, I, I think they will get it done. Uh, like I mentioned with the Houston pick, uh, De'Ara King transferred from Houston to Miami. I really like this kid. Uh, I think he can carry him. To, uh, to New Heights, and I, I think they will be another strong team in that ACC. Uh, so I'm picking Miami to, to get the dub out right here. That's really cute. Uh, Cardinals receiver 2-2 Atwell's a Miami native. I think he's going to catch the game-winning touchdown as Louisville, uh, and I'll take the two-and-a-half there, Johnny, uh, over Miami. I'm gonna disagree with that one. I think uh, I think Miami's gonna win this one outright. Um, you know, Derek King had had a great game. Uh, well, he didn't throw the ball too much, but he, he was still running the ball. He's a nice dual threat for Miami. But I think they're gonna use him even more this game. Um, Louisville didn't look too impressive against uh, Western Kentucky, so I, I see Miami uh, um, with the upset, and I, I could see them winning by a, a decent margin too, maybe two touchdowns. A big shout out to my cousin. Danny in Miami, Florida. I know he's a Hurricane fan all the way. Uh, but Louisville owns Miami at Louisville at this certain time. Uh, the last two times they played at Louisville, Louisville's been giving them the spanking. But as Sean stated, I wasn't too impressed with Louisville's performance. Uh, and Miami got a, a quarterback. I think it's Derek King, right? Who yep. used to play for Houston. So because of that, I'm picking Miami to beat them by two touchdowns. I I have a gut feeling that's what's going to happen. So Miami all the way. I think your buddy Dennis Carnes really hit the hammer on the head when he said he's making a lot of money by going against all of your picks. (laughs) I think that that, we should start a website where OV picks stuff and we just tell you pick the opposite. You'd be a big money winner. Hey, that's what I'm here for, man. I'm just, you know, I'll give the curse to every team that I choose. (laughs) Thank you, Dennis. Thank you very much. You, you got anything else, man? Because actually, we, we pretty much went through the whole entire show already. Yeah, no, this was great, man. I'm all fired <laughs> up. Uh, I think, uh, listen, I think uh, I think you guys are out of your minds. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting week of football. Look, you know, uh, we were doing, uh, John, about the G-Men earlier tonight, and, and I talked about, you know, you look around the NFL at the teams that were most successful. It was quarterbacks, you know, who are comfortable and have been in their system for a while. I think when you look at uh, NCAA football right now, I think you're going to find, again, quarterbacks who have been, you know, starters for multiple years. Um, Yeah, Ovi's Opposites. That's a really good name for the website. (laughs) If he takes this team, you take the opposite. Uh, But it is really exciting. Uh, And kudos to all these kids who, I mean, clearly, you know, these these young men have such a great desire to go out there and and play football and to entertain us. And for some of them, the dream of of one day playing in the NFL outweighs, you know, 
any concern about getting COVID-19. And kudos to these teams. Again, I know some of them have, have seen some outbreaks. Most of these teams uh, have done a really good job of containing it, which which means that these guys are following the, the proper protocols that have been put in place for their own safety. I've talked about this on this show and so many others. You know, you don't, uh, you know, we've all played sports and we, you all know, you know, when you're in the locker room, you don't want to be the guy that screws it up for everybody. Like that's, that's yeah. a lot for, for any kid. And, you know, we've seen some, some uh, NBA players. We've seen some major league baseball players do some stupid and selfish things in this weird pandemic that we're living in. So kudos to these kids who, man, they're working their tails off, you know, obviously a school is going on as well. And so not only are they playing a sport and they're doing their classes, they're living through a pandemic. It's been, it's been amazing. And, and so far really a great start to college football and, and to the season, obviously the news today about the big 10 coming back and obviously potentially the PAC 12, you know, and it's good to know, look that the PAC 12 probably feels like the big 10 does that they can do this, right. They've got the right medical information. They've got the right testing in place to make this happen and to get through a season. It would have been so weird to try to figure this all out in the springtime, who the national champion was back in, you know, back in, in November, December, where, you know, it would have been weird. It would have been hard. You know, how do you, how do you judge that? And so it, it's good that they're finally all on the same page. I think it's really exciting. There's so many great games going on this weekend. Again, I think that Houston Baylor thing, two teams haven't seen each other in 15 years, natural rivals, former uh, Southwest conference opponents. This is, and, and again, to see the way that game was put together, two former, the two head coaches, former uh, assistants with Mike Leach, they said a couple of couple of phone calls, man. They put that thing together so quick. Kudos to both universities, by the way, for you know getting the logistics together and making that happen. Uh, and good luck to Louisiana Tech, which had a severe outbreak. I think there's like 63 positive tests. Uh, uh, we, we, yeah, yeah, bet. So, no, you know, rough, rough times there, uh, uh, for, for La Tech. So, uh, them and Memphis, I, I don't believe had as many tests, but, uh, you know, obviously enough that it, it knocked them out of commission. It's going to be like this all season long. So I'm really excited about it. Um, I think we'll, 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 uh, I think we bring some great perspective to college football. It's clear that we all see things very differently. <laughs> um, especially early on in the season. So I think that's just going to make this interesting all throughout the season. And of course, Ovi's opposites. If you want to make some real money this oh, year, make really? sure you subscribe to the Ovi Ovi's opposites podcast. <laughs> Ovi will pick all of the games of the week. You pick the opposite guaranteed winners every week. Hey, you can want to get rich. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We should uh we should make it a t-shirt. Always opposites. Oh, there you go. Well, when I come on the feed next week, I'll definitely let oh, you know. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> Time out. If Ovi goes undefeated next week, I will I will come, I'll be shirtless and I'll write in Sharpie on my chest Ovi's opposites. Look, man, just put a tank top or something, man. We don't want you to see no. this. <laughs> you're getting a full money, buddy. You're getting a full money right there. That's what you're getting. Oh. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, hey, thank you for watching our show. Uh, hey, every Tuesday night, you catch the HHW Show podcast where we give you the pro wrestling of WWE, especially this Tuesday coming up. We have a prediction show.
for Clash of Champions. And we'll be here next week at 8 o'clock to give you the results of what's going on in week three and make our predictions for week four. And we'll keep you posted on Facebook on all four downs. Follow us there, like us, subscribe to us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. Again, uh, all four downs and HSW show. You can find us on all platforms and on the podcast. So if you missed out on this show, bomb he's going on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, and you can listen to us on the way to work, on the way from home, all the way going home. Hey, wherever you're going, check us out. So, but on behalf of everybody here in Clovercrest, thank you for listening to all four downs podcast.